Dr. Lisa. How you doing? Yeah, I give a shit. Somebody's got to. Hey, things are looking up. You know what I noticed this week? I noticed that it stays light past 530. That's big news, guys. If that doesn't make you feel good, I don't know what will, you know. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in and listening to Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit on Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn is the, I'm telling you, it is the greatest station in the Western Hemisphere. And we need you to help support uh, independent community-based radio. We are doing a really important thing here. We have all sorts of programming. What you should do is go da- go and download our app for your Andrew, your Android or iPhone, right? Android. Okay. Okay. Not perfect. So anyway, the thing is, is that, um, and you should also go to our website, check us out, radiofreebrooklyn.org and donate, donate some money. You can get some merch. Check us out. Right. All right. Um, So I've got a lot to do here today. We have a really amazing guest, a comedian and a DJ. His name is Harkness. He's a very, very, I I have a feeling he's going to be a little out of control. So you may see a more, a more uh, aggressive side of me. I'm going to try and match him. We'll see what happens. (laughs) But in the meantime, I have very, a very, very, very important announcement. This is involving the game show we did two weeks ago called Who's More Annoying, where I had two fabulous, glamorous art world couples come on where I asked them all sorts of questions and um, they told and we found out they were pitching who's more annoying them or the other couple. And we have, we have a winner. We have our winner. We have a winner for the most annoying couple, but even just as important, if you entered the contest, you were randomly uh, in another contest to, is this confusing? I don't know. Anyway, out of everyone that that entered, I randomly picked somebody who is going to get a free therapy session with me uh, on air, on air. And we have that person here to accept their oh, their prize. So I want to introduce you to Alexandra Marquet. I'm very excited to ha- have you and meet you. Hi, Alexandra. Thank Congratulations. Yeah. Here she is. I'm so excited. Are you excited to get a free <laughs> therapy session? Um, yes. Very excited. You are? Wow. <laughs> what, what, have you been in therapy before? No, I have not. Oh, this is great. Well, we're going to do it on air. Great. And uh, I will get in touch with you. Where are you right now? You look like you're in an office somewhere. Yes, I'm in my office at work. Where, where, what do you do, Alexandra? Mount Vernon, New York, project manager for Munworks. For for what? Um, Munworks. It's like mirrors, uh, custom mirrors and furniture, custom. Nice. Uh, nice. Maybe we can get a deal on some furniture there. Okay, great. <laughs> Thanks. And where do you live? Where do you live, Alexandra? Westchester County, Inertial. 
Oh, wow. That's great. Okay. Wow. I'm Wow. Okay. Well, listen, we'll be in touch on that. And I'm uh, congratulations. I'm very excited. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. And now the big, big, big news. The winner, the most annoying couple is Jen Catron and Paul Outlaw. And they get a painting that says, one of my text paintings, and it says, if I've never offended you, we're not that close. And a case of beer sent to their very own home. And the other couple, I'm sorry, Harkness and um, Marina are getting T-shirts, matching T-shirts that say, please don't judge me by the people I'm with. And I have Harkness right here. How are you feeling, Harkness? You're not as annoying as Jen and Paul. What do you think? I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing, honestly. Yeah, I no one knows. No it's, one. It's, it's both. It's, it's kind of a backhanded I, compliment. As a as a sober person, I've never been so angry not to receive free alcohol. <laughs> that's, okay, that's let me just Ale- right ask Alexandra that. one question before I let her yeah. go. Alexandra, uh, what do who did you vote for? Um, I voted for Harkness. You did? Did you think um, he was more annoying? Yes. Yes. How come? Um, just like the things that they would say. Um, <laughs> how like perfect they are. I felt like he was making um, Marina like a perfect person. And like, I was just like, oh, that's so annoying. She has to have some flaws. Oh, he idealized her. Very yes, good. He definitely good. did. What do you say about that, Harkness? I, I don't know what you're talking about. My wife is perfect in every way. Uh, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I think I'm hurt mainly because I was playing up how annoying I thought. I, I thought I could be, I presented myself as more annoying than I think I normally am. And yet your listeners didn't, didn't go for it. But then I, then I'm sort of confronted by Alexandra here saying something very, it's not based at all on me overdoing it. It's just, the way I actually feel, which is, this is a very true thing. I do think my wife is the most perfect wife on the planet. So maybe, maybe I just shouldn't try so hard to be annoying is I guess what I'm learning. I'm learning that I'm just annoying at my center. My very, uh, my very core is annoying (laughs) and I shouldn't try so hard. Well, you know, uh, is that a breakthrough? Did I just have a breakthrough? I feel like I had a breakthrough. Maybe, maybe. Well, I'm really (laughs) glad we got to uh, close that that circle on uh, who's more annoying. And we did, we did learn a lot about how annoying everybody is. If you want to listen to the episode, you can, it's on number uh, 265 DLG. You can find it at, at Dr. Lisa gives a shit on radio free Brooklyn, and you can still listen to it. Um, And if you want to hear, I actually did do a session with Marina and that's DLG 184. If you want to hear my interview with her and uh, thank you. Thank you so much, Alexandra. Now we're going to continue on with Harkness. So um, Harkness, uh, thanks for being on the show today. Oh, uh, do you think I should, um, I should probably, you know, I just wanted to add in that 
Uh, everybody here is really, really talented. And if you want to see Jen and Paul's work, go to Cat. Katron and outlaw.com. Marina is a great um, artist advisor, like an artist coach, and you can check her out and her services at the artistadvisory.com and check out Harkness on Instagram at Harkness, right? Har- is that what it is? Harkness? Uh, Harkness Granger. Yeah. On Harkness Instagram. Granger. Yeah. And as a, as a comedian, um, Instagram is sort of the only thing that matters to me, apparently. Is that right? That's what the industry has told me. If I could just back up one moment, I do want to say thank you to Alexandra. I'm hurt that I didn't win, but it's sort of heartwarming that she was here to let me know that in her heart, uh, I was the most annoying. I'm realizing now how how important that is for me, how how reassuring that is for me. So I'm really glad that I, I got a chance to you know, to just see someone on the Zoom call me the most annoying. I, I really, I to your thank face. you, that's, Alexander. That's a reward in it. itself. Yeah, to that's my face. Name. Yeah, it is. It is. So thanks for that. There you go. Yeah. So um, Harkness, you know, you volunteered to be on today. Yeah, well, I thought it was going to be under better circumstances, but you know, here I am. <laughs> so, do you, are we going to have to deal with your feelings about not winning, being the most annoying? No, um, no, no, no. Well, probably, yeah. I mean, here's the thing: if it was on a podcast about about psychology or not, every every room I go into has to deal with all my feelings. You know, that's that's just what I do. Right. Right. You know, right. I, as a stand-up comedian, I just I just tell everybody my problems everywhere I go, and that and you have to put up with it. So, you know, at least this is structured in a way that that it makes sense, and I'm not just uh, oversharing on the L train, you know. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, you mean because are you trying to intimate that you do stand up on the L train or on a subway car where people are? <laughs> are like are trapped it's worse than being in like they're trapped a trapped audience don't people feel like i mean if you have to perform for people that are on the way to somewhere else that can't leave you know what like is that really an audience well okay i will i see that and as the, as much as it is every comedian's dream, I think, to have a, a truly captive audience. I mean, literally sort of in cages, you know, tethered to their seats. Um, I don't I don't perform on the L train. I do perform outside. I do perform in, in many different weird venues these days. Yes. Yes. And I, you are also very well known for organizing a lot of really great shows. Rooftop on rooftops. Right. I mean, yeah, rooftops you- and. Was I, was I organizing, was I organizing, is the question, was I organizing outdoor shows pre-pandemic? Yes. Did I, mm-hmm. did I pioneer the concept of, uh, hey, let's do a show in a park or a rooftop or a backyard way before everybody else copied me? Of course. Um, do I, do I want, do I want credit for it? I mean, look, if people want to, you know, write me you know, put me as a footnote in Wikipedia as, you know, the most important comic of our time, you know, that's up to them. Uh, Mm. Unfortunately, I don't think I can sue anybody because, you know, nobody in comedy has any money. 
That's well, really, that's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I did, I did see. Uh, God, you had some good shows uh, that you were in, and also organized. I saw one with Janine Garofalo. Oh my so, God! Yeah, absolute, that was really absolute dream come true. I mean, she's been my comedy crush uh, since before I was a comedian. Uh, you know, just grow. I, I. I every show, every movie that she was in from the 90s where she plays the girl who's not as cute as the cute girl, I always thought she was the cute girl. Am I a feminist? I mean, look, I you tell me. I don't know. Uh hmm. I'm not sure if you are or not. <laughs> you know, I mean, there was a lot of idealization of your wife, although she's pretty hardcore independent woman. So I don't know, you must be a feminist or uh, you know, um, you wouldn't be married to her. She wouldn't tolerate you. Marina is such an independent, strong woman that she uh, didn't even come with me to the Women's March. That's, really? that's how independent You went to the is. Women's March without her? Yeah. And it wasn't the first time I uh, that she didn't come with me, and it won't be the last. Hey. Uh. So that's a um, sex joke. You didn't get the oh my god. Okay. Well I see Alexandra laughing in the in the Zoom. She got it. Yeah, well I was I I uh what you know what? I was typing to her. I was trying to tell her like I felt bad that she was hanging out here and I wanted to, her to know that she could leave if she had to, but um that's mm. terrible. That's terrible that I missed that. What did you say? Say it again. Oh, I just intimated that I was bad at making my wife achieve orgasm. That was all. Oh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, is Alexandra I don't still believe on that. I don't gross? believe that. Alexandra, what did he say? Do you think do you think do you think that's true? He's good at he's good in bed. You know what your wife said that we established that on yes, the she did. Yeah, annoying she, game she said show. That. So, I believe her. We we established that already that you're good in bed. Your wife, because at the end when I asked what you guys liked about each other, that was the first thing she said, very clearly. Well, I mean, so it was the first thing. she said something oh, yeah. like, "Oh, she's a good fuck. He's a good fuck." Yeah. Then and then I was embarrassed. I had to yeah. like apologize because it just flew out of my mouth, and I thought, "Oh my god, that was so obnoxious." I mean, that was really cross. Did Harkness? When I said that, did you think I was crossing a line? Absolutely not. No. Oh yeah, I, I apologized to you later. I. Oh God. Oh, you did, and I just was like, you know, please, I, you know. Bring on all the slings and arrows, you know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready like, for it. I realize, like you're, you're the, you're, you're, you're all about that. You're ready to take it. Like you have, whatever that is that a comedian has to have. Well, I don't. I'm not thrilled with the culture of comedy, but there's truly nothing uh, that you can say that anyone can say to me that isn't worse than something that another comedian has said to me. Yeah. You know, we're the so we're terrible. Tell me about the culture of comedy how do you how do you see it oh god you know at the moment I, i'm very moment curious I, about it the moment i made that statement i realized just how um un unqualified i am to talk on it because i don't you know the comedy world is vast and i i am in a very small specific part of it um and actually 
the only reason I got into comedy was because I was, I was, uh, there's a fantastic comedian and producer of shows named Ginny Gorlick, who, oh, yeah, I've heard you, of her. Yeah, she's I've heard of her. She's so good, so funny, and above all else, so organized. I don't know what it is. Oh. I, I surround myself with 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 powerful, independent women with good organizational skills. Um, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I was refer- I was lumping you in there with them. You 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 run a you run a radio show. That's no small uh, feat. Oh oh, you were lumping me in with them. That's yeah. so flattering. That's, a, that's, um, a, that's a, a nice way to to give a compliment, right? To say that I've lumped you with something. So it's a pleasant term. Oh, wow. That was sort of like you slipped me a compliment, even though I managed to really insult you last time about, well, not insult you, but I did insult you this time by telling you you weren't obnoxious enough to win the grand prize. But anyway, that's flattering. So um, uh, anyway, so what, you know, okay, so I'm going to tell you, like, I've done some stand up and I've thought about it. I've thought about it again. I mean, I'm thinking about it now because I I, I'm thinking about it. But Mm. the thing about stand up. So here's the thing. I'm thinking about doing it like um, next starting on my birthday in May for a whole year and just like devoting myself to that with only the idea of going to open mics, you know, just Mm. doing open mics. And if I get on book shows or whatever, fine, developing material and seeing what happens. But the thing that I keep thinking about is the open mics and the comedy culture. Like, like, is it, is it like the thing that worries me is that it's like a dude culture and you're a dude. I get it. But you're not a dude like that. You're with a, strong, powerful woman who runs the artist advisory. Go ahead. <laughs> well, no, now it's all becoming clear why I'm on the show. I, you, you're, you want to start comedy. I produce comedy shows. You're low key, just putting it out there. I just want to do open mics, but no, I want to get on not. big produce things. No, I get I'm it. not. I get it. Listen, Marina and I are clothed. You cannot sleep your way to the top of this particular mountain. Okay. We're, Marina and I are, are in a close relationship. I, I don't, you know, you, I don't know, you know what, what you think. How- I, I, I don't think sleeping, like if I'm going to sleep my way to the top of something, it's not going to be like comedy outdoors. Mm-hmm. There would have <laughs> yeah, to the be. Out, the outdoor Brooklyn comedy scene. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it would have to be. Um, the only way that would work is if there was something more degrading you could do than outdoor comedy in Brooklyn. I right? mean, you know, you I mean, I'd rather if I'm going to like fuck somebody to help my career, I would fuck a gallerist because there's sure. at least cash and then they can sell something I made. You know, like Ooh. this text painting, but but uh, I'm right. not going to fuck somebody in comedy to get to perform in a backyard. No. I no, have very low standards. Very low. When people say that, you know, you slept your way to the top, they're saying that you did something demeaning to get something, uh, you know, high status. And obviously this doing this comedy is more demeaning than sleeping with someone. You know what? I feel like you're avoiding talking about the culture. So if I go to open mics, well, oh, oh. you think- Well, this is what I was, this is what I was saying about, about Ginny Gorlick. The reason I got into comedy was because I was doing I was DJing shows for Ginny Gorlick. She was producing these shows in, in Brooklyn, often at uh, Union Hall. Right. I that believe. was a great place. Yeah. I, my brain has has melted in pandemic and I can't remember anything. You know, everything's like a distant memory. So if I misspeak, I apologize. But 
she was doing these shows that were so queer, so, uh, uh, you know, oftentimes all female lineup or, you know, she was the singular, you know, token person, uh, not of color on the lineup. You know, she was just, it was just all the people who were underrepresented, you know, no, no guys in blue blazers and khaki slacks getting up there and talking about airplane food. It was just so inclusive and so wonderfully, you know, queer. And, you know, sometimes people would get up and they wouldn't even do jokes. They would just sing a song from a musical. You know, they would just do a rendition of a song from, you know, The Sound of Music. And it blew my mind. And I thought, wow, I've always loved comedy. And it's so, I've always loved it, but I've also always sort of hated straight dude culture. Right. um, I mean, I hated straight dude culture so much. I actually went and uh, married another man, you know, uh, and did that for, um, uh, I don't know, like a decade or two. And was just, Mm -hmm. you know, fully... um, I guess your, the your, wife, calling... your wife said we shouldn't talk about that. I'm just oh, putting yeah. that out there. I'm just putting <laughs> that is. out there because I'm not I'm not right. holding I'm not keeping secrets from my listeners. She asked you to tell I asked her to tell you to that I didn't want to talk about my previous career. No, she's but just I'm... being protective of you. It was just yeah. in a text and she was just I'm... being protective. That's all I'm I'm talking about my relationship, not about my my professional life oh okay I'm saying that, uh, that that's well you know, then since you brought it up you're gonna have to explain it to my lit to the listeners right well i was just saying that i because you you called me a dude which frankly is i mean I, no I but you're not a dude that. like that you're not a dude yeah. like that no i don't i identify as, as a queer man i'm i'm uh you know i often on stage i'll say bisexual because honestly it's funnier to say bisexual um, I think bisexual is a funnier term because because we're all waking up to like the fallacy of the of binaries all over the place of of gender binaries, and so the idea like honestly to say you're bisexual is almost um, not okay anymore on on some level, and so I, and so because of that, and because comedy is about being transgressive, uh, it's funnier to say that because if you, you when you say you're queer, that's so all inclusive and it's so. Um, it's honestly too good of a term. Uh, mm. When we took that back, mm. oh, you don't think so? I don't know. I'm just thinking about it in terms of being a comedian. Uh, about like, do you know what I mean? Like, so you're 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 really into that's a character. That's part well, okay. of a character that you're presenting. Sure. Oh, sure, 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 sure. So you're, well, I you're liked- I'm, I'm going to say this, Harkness. I'm going to yeah. say that you're hiding behind telling people that you're queer. I'm going to say well, that. That well, Sure, possibly. I mean, who, you know, the mask with a million faces or no, the hero with a thousand faces, right? Uh-huh. I mean, we're all sort of constantly, portray- you know, inventing and reinventing ourselves in every interaction we have because every you know, going to get a coffee, uh, taking the Monday morning meeting. These are all little epic narratives that we all live out, you know, where, in which we're our own hero and we adapt to whatever we're doing. You know, and we, we um, you know, we cross the threshold and die and return to a hero's welcome in our lives. Like a million uh, ways. Alexandra, I want to ask Alexandra a question. Yeah. Alexandra, yeah. do you notice how I keep trying to nail Harkness on like to get to the 
bottom of something and then he and then he avoids he avoids by like i mean he's interesting you know he's interesting he says interesting things i mean it's not bad it's just that i can feel i feel like he's really avoiding isn't that what we usually do as like normal humans whenever something really gets close to you know what's important we're trying to avoid like reality almost. <laughs> ah, do you think it's so? I so he is trying to it's avoid like a defense something. Mechanism. What do you think he's trying to avoid, Alexandra? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't even know about that about Harkness. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to hear more about it. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, how about this? Let's ask him if he ever slept. Have you had sex with men? Yes. Okay. And are you really ambivalent about whether or not ambivalent, but like you really don't care if it's a man or a woman? Well, I mean, I was always the kind of person who said I liked people, not genders, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, But I've also, you know, within that, I do think that there's. There's a an interesting sort of peanut butter and jelly situation, which is to say that. I kind of want to, the people, I'm attracted to two kinds of people. I'm attracted to uh, Santa Claus and to. Sorry, I have a dog, by the way. And uh, the dog is excited because uh, people are trying to break into our, our home. Oh, are you okay? (laughs) Are you in a safe place? Yeah, but the dog doesn't know that. Okay. Well, okay, so excuse so, her. But go ahead. Before I was Sorry. so rudely interrupted, I was going to say that I, I, the people, I, I, the people who I'm sexually attracted to, fall into two camps. It's uh, Santa Claus and strawberry shortcake. You know, um, I. Do you know? Do you know? Uh, are you familiar with the television program Star Trek: The Next Generation? Uh, I I've heard of it. I don't know much about it. Okay. Well, then this won't. Uh, well, so Captain Picard on that show uh, was like uh, an icon growing up in my house. And I remember that I used to be used to watch my mother and I used to watch that that program together and we would swoon over him together. And so that's sort of my type, generally speaking, when it comes to men. And then uh, for women. Hmm? Oh, I said, ooh, yeah, he's also. Right? Hot. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, hmm. uh, what you would call a zaddy, or possibly uh, yeah, totally, uh, uh, possibly even a zad father. I don't know what's older than zaddy. Super okay, hot. but then, but then, when it comes to women, I like you know extremely feminine. Uh, you know, like Marina. Uh, yeah, yeah, feminine, like, beautiful, yeah, like, polished, yeah. tasteful. Like, yeah, yeah, in charge. Yeah. Right, and, and I'll. I'll I'll t- I'll s- let me let me say something that I think is fascinating and insightful and very smart and clever and funny. But you know, you probably might feel differently. But I would say that I the 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 sexual uh, pinnacle that was prescribed to me as a adolescent or sort of pre adolescent uh, guy. I was given or given access to, I wasn't given, but I, I, the thing I had access to, to fuel my, my uh, libido 
was Playboy magazines uh, from the 70s and 80s. Okay, yeah. Right? Maybe, maybe even a little bit earlier. That's classic. It's a classic archetype of what we as a society value uh, sexually. And here's the thing. It's it's the same exact archetype, the sexy housewife who's baked a pie and then the dog jumped up to grab the pie and whoops, her dress fell off and she's wearing uh, garter belt underneath. You right? like that this, this, stuff. This pinup. Well, so here's the thing. This is the exact same thing that drag queens riff on. It's the exact idea of femininity mm. of over the top. Um, it's so it's so over the top that it's a parody of itself. Right. It's like. Mm-hmm. um and this is so I'm very horny for there's always a contestant on RuPaul's Drag Race or there's always or rather I, I wouldn't say a contestant. There's always in if I if I I'm not huge on Drag Race, but if I when I catch an episode, I always there's always one queen in every episode who does like that sort of Betty, like, like sexy housewife vibe. And I'm just like, man, that's it. That's my that's my whole sexuality right there is like huh. like a man, a man, <laughs> a man being more of a woman. But it's like, you know, it's filtered through all okay, these Okay, can I ask you this? Did, can, can you tell me you're losing your virginity story? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's hear it. Alexandra, oh, oh, you think this also, is this is telling, right? This is Sexual nice. imprinting, go ahead, let's hear it. I do, I do also want to just say, just because I use the phrase my entire sexuality, it reminded me of something I, I often say, which is that um, I grew up in a very theatrical family. And I was mm-hmm. exposed to theater uh, from a young age. Mm-hmm. And I've always just been horny for theater, for musical oh, theater. Okay. What did your parents do? Well, my so my father wrote plays. So Oh, okay. Yeah. So oh, there's that. Really? Were they so produced I was, a lot? I mean, plays that I might have heard of or something? I don't think you would have. I don't know necessarily. Well, were he, they produced? Did you grow up in Manhattan? You grew up in Manhattan? Yeah, yeah. I grew up in Manhattan. He had a he had um a play in the late seventies called Imminent Domain that was on Broadway. Wow, that's a big was, fucking deal. Yeah, I mean it's really cool. It's very cool. I'm a very but, cool but, guy. So you were around all that? Did you meet? Did you meet stars and shit like that? Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Um, but it was also it was a lot of you know there was like a black box theater that he founded. He co-founded with a bunch of other writers in the seventies. And so it was a lot of running around backstage at this little, oh, you know. Was, wow. What was the name of that theater? Oh, the Ensemble Studio Theater. Hmm. Sounds familiar. Yes, serious small, theater though, right? Serious. Very serious. So this is like what, very serious. Not, not like broad, not, not musicals. You know, that's not, that wasn't. No, no. Real writing and shit like that. Yeah. Where people emote, emote in an authentic way in front of an audience. I get it. That's a big deal. Uh, uh, what, what did your mom do? She was, she was just a housewife. Just a yeah, housewife? Just, just a housewife. <laughs> God, oh, where's that feminism? Just can a fucking housewife this? just oh. had to fucking wipe your butt and shit it, like that. Make sure you ate and dishes. were dressed. How many brothers and sisters? Absolute, absolute hate crime. I'm canceled. I can't believe I said this. Um, <laughs> I had one, one brother younger chronologically, but, uh, currently emotionally uh older oh so Um, he's married and well adjusted no 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 just he just got married before he got married 
and had kids and uh yeah, and now I mean. but it, right, right right but not you know but it's not a good marriage he's no longer he's in the process oh. of unmarrying himself yeah what does he yeah. do he has a real adult job right that's yeah oh, he does he teaches high school mm. wow yeah. well that that is a really uh worthwhile um and you know that's very cool i love that Truly, uh, truly a caring and loving and well. And a very anyway, I think you take your man. mom for. Gr- I think you took your mom for granted. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, all right, Harkness. No, it's was, all right. You know what? You've made up for it because you're so um, supportive of and 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 you know what you say about Marina makes up for that. So it's okay. We'll let you go on this. Um, I was. Did, what kidding. kind of when relationship I, I, did your parents have? Were they like, were they, did they kiss? Or did they seem sexy uh, together? Or were they like? Yeah, yeah, no, I saw them fucking often. I mean, they were very, you know, they were hippies. You did not see them fucking. Well, we not, I mean, it wasn't like, they weren't like, hey, get in here, kiddo. Let me show you how it's done. But we, you know, we traveled um, across Europe. Uh, oh. inexpensively so we shared hotel rooms and at a young age I remember you know waking up either either in the middle of the night or early in the morning and you know my parents were we were all sleeping in the same room there was just sort of a room divider uh between us and through the cracks I saw them being amorous with each other and and I, I saw them even I remember hearing them this is the this is the wild thing it's, it wasn't just, it's, I mean, the sex happened. I knew my parents fucked, you know, that was, mm-hmm. that was just for granted. What was unique about their relationship was that I would, I overheard them discussing oral sex and having this sort of proto woke conversation about it. You know, this is, this is at some point in the eighties, I guess. And how old were you? My father, I don't, Oh, like 10, like 15, like not uh six. No, young, younger, younger. Yeah. Like, more like, like six. eight. Six or did eight. you know what well, oral sex was? I didn't when I was eight, but did you? Did you know what they I, were talking about? I did. I somehow that's such a good question. That is such a good question. Because how did I know what they were talking about? And I is it possible to squirrel something away in your brain and then only to decipher it later? Because I don't know how I would have. I mean, I was given charts and graphs as a child. I was given a lot of literature on sex. Mm-hmm. It was it was very. Do you remember this book? Where did I come from? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm aware of it. Okay, people don't seem to know about this book, but it was a it was a seminal text. I've heard of as, it. Yeah, it was know. a it was a it was a book written by you know, sort of hippie boomers to explain to their kids what sex was mm. because they were lied to by their parents. Right. And, uh, and then of course it's, it missed the mark by a mile, you know, mm. um, mm. it still didn't really, I remember reading this book cover to cover many times and, and really, you know, cause it depicts a sperm as having like a top hat and a bushel of like a dozen roses. Oh as it's yeah. Going. It's swimming to the egg and it's like, it's still sort of, 
Okay. Okay. You know what? So did you, what I want to find out like how you felt about being so aware of your parents, uh, fucking, sorry, I'm horrible. I must be angry. must be angry about sex or something. That's me. me. I'm having some counter transference because that sounds so hostile. Sorry. Uh So anyway, um, but anyway, did your parents, how did you feel about your parents being that aware of your parents' sex lives? How did you feel about it? I felt fine about it. I was a horny child. I was horny from a young age. Like I was, and I've talked to other people. I, I definitely thought for a while that I was weird. That I, that uh-huh. as a, as and a where child, did your horniness manifest? Was it your mom? Was it was it other? Was it girls? Was it boys? Was it Playboy? Where did your horniness manifest? It was like, as a kid, I was like, when do I get to fuck? That was the main thing. I was just like, when, like as a, a like my earliest memories are of like, okay, cool. So eventually I'm going to get to fuck. When's that going to happen? And when you, when you had those thoughts, was it for a female? Yeah, I guess they were, I guess they were probably. um, Or was it just like some sort of. They were, they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were very like culturally prescribed. Oh, but I will say this. I will say. Well, right, because no, because all the, this is the thing, right, is that my parents were so open about sexuality, but all the stuff I got about sexuality was all about heterosexuality. You know, right. there was they were they weren't woke enough to give me so I so the context I was living in was just like okay, well, you know, when a man and a you know when a man and a woman love each other very much, they hug. I'm paraphrasing that book. Where did I come from? And then. Um, sometimes they hug so much that they make a baby. You know, that was sort of the, <laughs> that it was like, it was almost there, but not quite. And then of course, like they don't, they didn't go into, you know, well, sometimes a man and a man love each other very much. And they, um, they hug so much that they decide okay, but to become, Harkness, I'm trying to yeah. get to your sexual fantasies, your okay. personal desire. Oh, right. Like so I, what I wanna... you were imprinting. I'm trying to get to your imprinting. Why don't you just tell us about your first sexual experience? Right. So seeing cats on Broadway as like an eight-year-old. I, I was so horny for cat the musical cats. Yeah. Yeah. So animals, you like you wanted to have sex with your pets. Well, so this is the thing. I do have a lot of jokes in my comedy about how I want to have sex with my dog. And oh, well, I your do, dog is hot. So hot, right? Yeah, you could. I could see somebody oh. putting their dick in that thick fur. <laughs> thank for you. Sure. Thank you for, for look, sure. I can't go that. I can't say I can just suggest really. But no. I appreciate you going all the way. To, I don't know I, if I would leave that dog at home with. Well, I don't know. What the hell? If the dog. I don't know. Dog. Dogs. Is I, that exploitative of the dog? I don't know. That's not my. But anyway, so who did you have sex with the first time and how did it happen i had a girlfriend in high school and i remember i remember that she had had sex already once before but with a guy oh uh, absolute scarlet letter okay so she'd already had sex you guys were the same age right right? 17 16 16 16 okay yeah so she was, they were preparing, you know, uh, in Central Park in the meadow 
to burn her at the stake, obviously. And I, I gallantly rescued her, you know, because she'd had sex at this young age and they were, you know, she was a witch clearly. So the community had, had banded together to eradicate her. And I said, no, let me see if I can reform her. Um, all right. You know what? I'm, I, this is not working. I'm going to, I'm going to back out of this bit. So yeah. So we met, we had a, she, right. She had had sex before. Which I'm sure that triggered something in my mind. Oh, wait, no, I remember. Oh, God, now I'm remembering. Ah. I had a, I had a sort of. Maybe we can call her up. But go ahead. Do you remember uh-huh. her name? Are you in touch with her? No, no, I'm not in touch with her. Okay, so t- tell me what happened. Go ahead. Uh, Sorry, I keep interrupting you. So I, I, had, I was in a relationship, I guess, with a, with a girl who I, um, didn't really care about, but we, it was, phys- it was just physical mm-hmm. and it was, but it wasn't really meaningful, I guess, you know, which is, you know, as you do when you're a, a, yeah. a kid. Right. Okay. And, and I met this girl, this other girl who I was so smitten with as she was a mu- So, Oh, she was in a band. In high school, thing. she was in a band. Yeah. Performing, the performing arts, right? This was my whole thing. Oh, you the, went, the, did you go to, uh, uh, whatchamacallit? LaGuardia? No. You went to LaGuardia? No, I did not go to LaGuardia. Oh, okay. Oh, but I did date and hook up with, I think, a, a boy and a girl who went to LaGuardia. I don't think that you're allowed to to progress to the next level as a New Yorker in, in high school, unless you have like a three-way with like uh, a, a boy and a girl from LaGuardia. I think that well, that's just like a level. You know, you have I'm to sure, pass. I'm sure that has uh, a lot of cachet, but go ahead. So tell me, tell yeah, me. Yeah, so, yeah. so you were, you were, you were like dating a girl that you weren't, but you, so you were, She'd had sex before you hadn't go. Yes. And I remember, and I, I was just, I was, well, so the thing was, I was seeing this other girl and I wasn't that into her, honestly. And I, so I, when I met my girlfriend, the girl I lost my virginity to, I completely fell head over heels for her. And we spent a wonderful night, like hanging out together mm-hmm. and then crashing at her, the drummer from her band's uh, mom's place. And he like slept on the sofa and she and I slept in his like, uh, on his futon, but, but nothing happened. We just spent like a lovely night being sensitive towards each other. That's weird. Like that's a weird, emotionally. That's a weird, um, place to, to sleep. Right. What? On a futon. Oh my God. What's um, happening? I don't know. I don't know. My phone just got a is it making bird sounds i think it is it just like um this recording at home i'm gonna start recording in the studio soon that's what i'm gonna do i can't wait because oh i i can't so, wait i was so so anyway but say, okay so you were dating a girl episode. that you didn't really like and then you met this other girl and you wound up sleeping in the weirdest place uh, the most unlikely place no, no, just on a futon. Oh, okay. At her parents, at her oh, family's? At, no, no, at her drummer. So her drummer, who I hooked up with later, 
who was the first bisexual man I ever met. I think he has that distinction. This was a, this was a, a rare thing to meet a guy, to meet another, a 16 year old guy who identified that Okay, way. we're trying to get to the imprinting. So, okay, so you oh, okay. slept over so, and that was a weird, uh, I don't want to, we don't need to get into that. We only have like 15 minutes left. We're not going to be able to get, I want to hear, I want to get to the like, the, the part where there's sex. So the oh, two right. of you well, uh, slept together year. and you made out, but and you touched, but you didn't actually have intercourse. Is that what you're saying? Well, I don't think we even kissed. I think we just literally held were each other, or whatever. Just emotionally intimate snuggled. with each other. You snuggled and talked. That's yeah, romantic. A, I like that. I'm a, I'm a modern, sensitive man. Obvious. We we yeah. we know this. We are well. We are well well aware. Although yeah. you did take your mom for granted a little, but I guess all kids do, and that's why I didn't want to have my own. But never mind. There, there's more counter transference for you. So, um, okay. So that was oh, your so then, first date. Then what happened? There's well, so, no then, then, so then jump forward. I guess like a year. A year. Something. Yeah. Wow. Okay. How old were you then? 30, so I guess, 40, 35? Yeah. 30. Yeah. 35. No. I, how old were you then? Like, uh, no, I lost my virginity when I was 16. So I guess we must've met when we, when I was 15. Okay. Got it. But that was, I think that was considered normal at the time. I don't think that people were sleeping with each other. No. Oh, you don't I, like I that think word. it's a perfect, I think it's actually on the earlier side to tell you the truth. But the thing is, is normal and you are not, you guys don't have any relationship, you and being normal, right? You don't want to have a relationship with being normal, do you? No, so, but I do think that that was something that people, the idea of what this, you know, as a teenager, at least the culture that I grew up in as a teenager I'm there getting back lot. to this. I'm getting back yeah. to this. So you had a, you did that. And then a year later, what happened? You met, you, do you, Alexandra, he's really like, he's, he's annoying like me. Like he's annoying general. me. I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to give you a fucking, no, I'm sorry. I'm out of control. I got to get back. I got to get no, back to being we in dated, control. We dated for a year. Oh, Okay. Okay. Yeah, we did. We didn't. It wasn't like jump. You know, we were. We. Continued. Oh, you really liked her. You mean you liked yeah. her? You did that. You bonded and you dated for a year. And did yeah. you? Um, you had a relationship with her. So, yeah. um, did you guys go to the same school? No. Okay. So you, but she lived in New York City. Yes. Okay. So you dated, and did you make out? Oh yeah. The whole time, right? You just didn't yeah. have intercourse. The whole time. Yeah. So yeah. how? So this is somebody that you had clearly a relationship with, a female yeah. that you, and and did you feel like being attracted to her was a big part of the relationship? How much was it like emotional and friendship, and how much was it sexual? Like in your mind, for you, for you, what was the attraction? Oh. I think it was it was very balanced. It was sort of a it was a holistic relationship. We were we were emotionally involved, physically involved, artistically involved. Wow. I do think that I do think the fact that she was a that the night I met her, I saw her perform on stage. I'm just you did just uncover that for me. I did not realize because my entire uh. sexuality was 
was about being fixated on like the lithe bodies I would see on stage. Uh, you know, like the like the the men and women of uh, of the chorus in a musical theater production of just about anything. Uh, you know, I was just transfixed by by those bodies in like the tight. Well, that costumes. that's definitely a turn on. Like watching anybody on stage if they're yeah if they're doing a decent half decent job. Yeah. So um, so what happened with the sex? Was it like you guys planned it, or how'd you get to the sex? So yeah, I guess we did. I mean, this you is whole, of- can, Alexandra. Can you believe this? How aggressive I I told. Okay, I told you guys <laughs> that so I was long. worried I was going to have to be aggressive with him, and I'm not kidding. I was ready. I was ready. Wow. Um, yeah. Right, Alexandra. I have to be aggressive yeah, with him, right? Darkness, come on. There has to be some passion in here. How did it happen? Yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah. So so. It was sort of a, I guess in my recollection of it, it felt like I was, I was, I had probably been saying for something like three to six months, okay, I think I'm ready. I think we're ready to have sex now. So whenever you want to, let's do it. Uh And then um, at some point she was just like, hey, you know what? I think we should do it. And I was like, cool. And then we did it. Although I think I went and bought, God, I must have gone and bought like 50 condoms or something. You know, I <laughs> like 50 condoms. condoms. Oh, and, and she wasn't a virgin, right? Yeah. And like spermicidal jelly. And like, like it was uh, the fear of God had been put into me about mm. birth control. So I think, oh, yeah. I feel like we, I feel like she was on the pill. We used a condom and spermicidal jelly, which nobody even talks about anymore. That's not even a thing. Uh, uh, that's not true because I always tell people that um, if you, I always say the best way to um, not get a UTI when you have sex and I'm, and listen, guys, this is really important because mm-hmm. if you don't get uh, lubricated condoms, dry condoms and like, well, or maybe not a spermicidal jelly because maybe that's not, maybe not, but use I mean, come a on, lubricant. Nobody, that's a lubricant. Alexandra, sure. are you listening to this? Yes, lubricants. <laughs> lubricant and dry condoms, okay? Okay. All right, okay. So I think we had all that going. I think she was also wearing a diaphragm and was on the pill and had a sponge in there. I mean, we literally, it was like okay. a Rube Goldberg machine. You were covered. You were covered. Yeah. And then right. I think even after all that, I still probably pulled out and like ejaculated into the sink. You know what I mean? Like we just really yeah. were safe about it. Oh, good. I'm um, glad to hear that because I was a little worried, yeah. but go ahead. And then uh, and then afterwards, she burst into tears. No, really? Yeah. Why? Or like and what and what what kind of tears? Joy, emotion? Un- unclear. Unclear. What? Mm. And I said, it was, and it was very difficult. I remember for me to process because I was like, oh, I'm very concerned about you. But I also just had my first orgasm from sex. Yeah. And I'm pretty excited about this. Yeah. So, oh, I don't, I'm, 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 I got to juggle these two things, you know? And, um, I don't know if we ever got to the bottom of that. I don't think, I think that, in, you know, I, mm. she said, well, it's just, 
I don't even remember what she said. I think it was huh. just. I know that I know. Okay, I know that the thing was was that the the this that she lost her virginity. I guess you know a year or six months prior. And that that was a shitty experience for her. Oh, she had bad. See, this is what the yeah. point. Wait, I, I just want to tell you guys, mm. you, you people listening in, imprinting is really important. Like your first sexual experience can um, set you up for life in some ways. That's why, you know, one of the reasons why rape uh, or any kind of sexual uh, crime is so serious. It can have a long, this can really matter. Now, now, uh, Harkness, you sound like you had an extremely unusually healthy attitude about sex in your first sexual experience, mm-hmm. but she might've been confused. And you know what I always say? If, if you're confused, they're confused. Yeah. So she was probably confused. True. But it's stuck in your head in a in a way like you took it personally. How could you not? Right. Well, I don't know, because I think that I think in the moment she said something like, it's not you. It's the other experience I had. And it's it's this is bringing that up. And I was like, well, I hope it's better now because, you know, I love you. Mm. Unlike this other guy who was not a good guy who just was I think I mean, it was like just in a nutshell, I believe that the way that she lost her virginity to this other guy was literally like while his actual girlfriend was like at the corner store. Mm. I feel like what I feel like she was hanging out with this guy who she was so into, but he had a girlfriend and he literally like the, his girlfriend like went to run an errand and he's like, okay, let's have sex real quick. And then was like, okay. And it like lasted like all the five minutes. And then he was like, yeah, clean yourself up. Like, you know, don't tell anybody, you know, it was just a real, real bad situation. So, um, it was, so anyway, um, you know, we only have five minutes left. So, um, did you guys have a normal sexual relationship after that? Yeah, totally normal. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I wouldn't know cause I don't have any relationship with normal, but. <laughs> right. That's true. But I mean, you had like a regular active, satisfying, nice sex life. We had an adv- a, a, a rigorous and adventurous sex life that any 16 year old would have uh, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, which, you know, involved a number of group scenarios, uh, which eventually cause us to implode. I think after about a year. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think, I think that I'm guessing that you probably have a pretty unusually maybe healthy attitude about sex and pretty open-minded Alexandra's nodding her head. Doesn't he sound healthy? Yeah. Yeah. Like your parents, your parents didn't like, they made sex normal. I think parent Uh, input is also very important at a young age, making sex comfortable and talking to Yeah. 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 So, so that's good Harkness. That'll set you, that must've set you up for a very, very happy marriage, which you obviously have. And, um, so I have two options. I can ask you, we have four minutes left. Alexandra, I can, 
ask him about his first sexual experience with a man, or I can read some of the things that uh, I found out that that those guys revealed on the What's More Annoying show. What do you think, Alexandra? Oh, read what they revealed. Okay, so well, well, we'll get to this another time. We only have four minutes, and I have a feeling with you, uh, Harkness, that, and I appreciate you know, that was a really inspiring story, but uh, with you, I will need at least 15 minutes to hear your first sexual experience with a guy. So we're not going to have time for that today, but you're welcome to come back and tell us. So mm -hmm. this is what I we learned on the last, on when we, uh, re you can react to this. Okay, Marina, who you said is so, this is what we learned on who's more annoying. This is what the couples revealed Marina, who is so sophisticated, her favorite TV show is 90 Day Fiance. There, she's not as perfect. She's human. We learned that you, Harkness, collect toilet paper rolls. We learned that Jen wears her high school gym shorts to bed way too often. And she's really cute. Like, it's hard to imagine that. And Paul, if it was up to Paul, he'd eat disgusting Chinese food every night. So I think that's really, I think that was a really good episode. That's episode uh, 265, DLG 265. And we, you know, the point of the whole thing is, is that uh, we're all getting on each other's nerves. I mean, right? Yes. Alexander, do you live with anybody? Yeah, I have uh, my husband uh, that I live with and my four-year-old. And oh. we're together all the time. My son barely goes out. He does Zoom uh, school. That's uh, horrible. That so sounds it's, horrible. It's been pretty sad, yeah. That's Kids horrible. Kids right now are, are really getting it, just like the worst end of this whole situation. Yeah. Um, so anyway... It must be funny. I want to, hey, Harkness, can you get a video of, uh, that I could post of Marina watching 90 Day Fiance, like her and the TV show together? Do you think you could get a photo or a video of that that we could share? Uh, I love an assignment. What is that? I'm on it. Okay, good. Like I'm, I'm going to get one of those and post it. So I, I really, I mean, all seriousness, I want to give uh, Harkness and Marina, you guys were really great. And, and Jen and Paul, thank you for being on that show. And Alexandra, I am looking forward to scheduling a therapy session yeah. with you and uh, we'll do it on the radio. And I'm also really excited because you've never been in therapy. So I want to <laughs> say thanks to everybody for listening. Tune in every Thursday, two to three on Radio Free Brooklyn, the greatest radio station in the Western Hemisphere. And on top of that, I also want to say um, thank you to uh, Al Alexandra and Harkness. And uh, I'm so glad that you've had a really healthy, uh, you know, uh, initial relate, you know, you had a good setup in life for sex, which is so important. And now I'm going to play my new theme so song. Do you, you know, to close out the show, I'm very proud of it. It was done by There Is A Mountain, a great, great band. And here we go. Okay. And one and a two and a. 
Thank you.